Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Lockdown Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. I will be flying solo this week, as Sean mentioned on Friday that he will be out for the time being. But today, we will recap the first two games of the Stanley Cup Finals, take a look at the NHL Awards, and dissect a really interesting article from ESPN. Like I said, I'm Jess Belmosto, and please be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. So we are finally uh, at the Stanley Cup final, which I think is amazing how fast things have gone because, you know, obviously they cut out the whole traveling uh, portion of the playoffs with the um, with the bubbles. So I, I know the NHL is a big fan of making money, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really enjoyed just kind of how fast these playoffs have gone. And, you know, I think it's been really fun. But right now... Uh, we are tied at one apiece. Tampa uh, took game two, and so obviously the Stars took game one, and I was very impressed with Dallas uh, through the first game. I thought that they, it was clear that they had a little bit more rest underneath them, and it, you know, Tampa, they looked like they were out of gas. But obviously, you know, <laughs> when when you're down a game and Tampa is the team that they are, they kind of come come back in full force. But one thing about Game One that I <laughs> that I really want to talk about uh, was obviously Anton Hudobin. I thought that he, um, the I believe it was the one goal that he let in was an absolute fluke of a goal. And he really should have had the shutout, but you know he's he was I think it was a uh, twenty five or twenty six shots he stopped so good for him. Uh, Pat Maroon is uh, still very much insufferable as he shot the puck out of frustration to Dallas's bench and obviously received a ten minute game misconduct and. You know, I I really can't decide who I hate more. Actually, that's a lie. It's Corey Perry. But uh, Pat Maroon, just something about him just really aggravates me. And I think that's probably because I am a lovely Bruins fan. And between playing him uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals last year and then seeing him uh, you know, obviously against Tampa this year, just been awful. But last night's game was very interesting. You know, obviously Tampa had that flame lit under them because they were down one game. Um, and they had taken a three goal lead and, you know, everybody was kind of like, okay, like let's wrap it up. But (laughs) No three-goal lead is safe in hockey. I think that uh, that has been the most common theme this playoff. Uh, this playoff round, or not even. 
this year's playoffs. <laughs> um, but Dallas, you know, they made a solid effort uh, scoring two goals. And Tyler Sagan, through 11 games, still has no goals, which, you know, it kind of leaves you scratching your head, kind of wondering what's going on there. But, you know, maybe maybe the pressure's on, and hopefully someone just kind of says, hey, dude, like, relax, just shoot the puck, and you'll get there when you get there, but hurry up. Uh, Joe Pavelski had a beauty of a goal, and it was really nice to see him kind of, you know, and not that making an appearance sounds wrong, but more of, um, you know, the fact that he scored a goal I thought was really nice, and it was a beautiful goal. Oh, and there's my cat knocking down some things off of the desk so that's really great I hope he's having fun uh (laughs) but you know I the stars fell three to two and it was fairly obvious that the stars were tired and you know Tampa was playing a very physical game and it's aggravating they're in your face they're annoying they're like your little sibling but somehow worse. And Tampa just plays a very physical game, and it's annoying. So obviously, the Stars were fed up. They were losing, and Tampa's just, you know, in your face. So they were taking things a little further than I'm sure that they, you know, normally would. But it's very... um, It'll be interesting to see how the remainder of this series goes. I know that, um, you know, we still have a lot of hockey left to play, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm sure all of us are because we don't know when we're going to see hockey again and it what format it'll be in, whether it be, like, divisional bubbles or whatnot, but just best of luck (laughs) uh to the stars but still to come we have uh a recap of the nhl awards and i will run down the winners and losers but first a word from rock auto when i went out to my car this morning there was um some frost on it now (laughs) it is september 22nd when i am recording this so you know frost kind of took me by surprise and One thing that I noticed was that I needed new windshield wipers, and you can head on over to rockauto.com and, you know, order anything you need, and definitely, you know, they have everything for the do-it-yourselfers and the mechanics and, you know, just whatever you can find. Their website is incredibly user-friendly, literally everything from A to Z. And I think that my favorite thing about it is just how they are a small business, you know, mom and pop type of business, but um, they don't charge you ridiculous prices based on your skill level. I think that it's great to support a wonderful, uh, you know, family-owned business that has been serving customers for 20 years and you can go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and 
make sure that you write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know that they sent you, they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts you will ever need at rockauto.com Locked on Flames continues. You can follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto. And Sean, who is away this week, is at Sean underscore Lavery. The NHL Awards, uh, which typically take place in Vegas, um, were announced last night. And I thought that we would run down the list and, you know, kind of talk about the winners and losers. And again, I don't have a vote. I am some lady who yells into a mic for a podcast. (laughs) So my opinion really doesn't hold any weight. But I kind of just wanted to talk about, um, you know, some of the upsets, I guess. Um, So Leon Dreisaitl, uh, won the heart. I thought that it was, um, you know, obviously a good choice, but I was even more shocked to see that, um, Artemi Panarin was, uh, third and he was behind obviously Dreisaitl and Nathan McKinnon. I, um, didn't really, I I don't know. It, It was just, You know, obviously, congratulations. Like, I'm not trying to take that away from him, but I was shocked that Panarin only had 24 first-place votes. And, you know, that's that's a little low, I would think, for him, considering everybody all year was just kind of talking about how, you know, he's really lifting the... Rangers to a spot where they should be, or, you know, they're better with him, obviously, is what I'm trying to say. Holy cannoli. Um, But Kale McCarr was named the Calder Trophy winner. This makes the most sense to me. I really only saw Vancouver fans upset by this because Quinn Hughes didn't win. Um, I think, obviously, they're both excellent players, but there's just something about Kale that's really, really special, and he plays a fantastic two-way game, so I'm not even going to try to take that away from him. I think that, um, you know, they say you can't spell Calder without Kale for a reason. So, again, congratulations to the UMass Amherst alumni. Um Connor Hellebuck, who, uh, you know, faced the lovely Calgary Flames uh, <laughs> in the qualifying rounds, uh, won, Vez- won the Vesna Trophy. Um, he had an outstanding season. People were kind of shocked that Andre Vasilevsky uh, was so low. And, you know, I think that it's time to remind everybody that he had a below average season for himself, and it's not the name that wins you an award. It's literally your performance. So congratulations, Connor, and uh, I'm glad you have something to show for all your hard work in Winnipeg. Roman Yossi uh, wins the Norris. I'm happy to see it. 
God, I remember in like November, December, people were talking about John Carlson in D.C. and how he was the clear-cut uh, winner for this. And there was still a lot of hockey to be played at that point. But, you know, obviously without the pandemic. So I feel like declaring a winner that early on is just kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too deeply into things, but I know that personally I am somebody who can't really make a decision on these things because, um, again, I do not have a vote, but I don't know if I follow the entire league closely enough to have such a, you know, a heavily weighted opinion. But still ahead in the show, uh, we talk about what actually went down in the bubble and really dissect this article from uh, ESPN. Stay tuned. Locked on Flames continues Follow our Twitter feed at LO underscore flames. So I deleted the Twitter app off of my phone, but have this god-awful habit of checking the mobile browser of Twitter. And um, I'm actually kind of glad I did when I woke up this morning because I saw a very interesting article regarding uh, the life in the bubble from Greg Wyshynski over at ESPN. And I am very, um, I don't know, I, I'm kind of uncomfortable with how some of this, you know, came out. And it's not, it's not um, obviously the players' faults or uh, Greg's fault by any mean, means. It's just how the Anna... NHL marketed the bubble towards these players and how um, it was kind of oversold and it was a situation where the league overpromised and severely underdelivered in certain aspects. But I thought that we could take out a few pieces of the article and just kind of, you know, read them or just go through them rather. But uh, so one of the Western Conference players said that security was very tight for all the guys that were questioning how safe it would be. Uh, I guess that anxiety went away pretty quickly. It was one of the safest places you could be. They're, they were constantly checking your credentials, constantly checking our clear app. I don't know what that is, but maybe that's some sort of um, something related to COVID testing. Uh, and there was constant security, so they did a really good job. Now, this next part kind of bothered me because I am somebody who has had to work in retail during this entire pandemic, and it's very frustrating when people don't wear masks, and I don't think that you should need a you know an Uncle Sam poster to telling to tell you to wear a mask or um, a Justin Trudeau poster telling you to wear a mask. And I don't think you need an Austin Matthews telling you you need to wear a mask. I think you should do it out of uh, the fact that it's literally the right thing to do. But um, one of the players said, uh, we're still representing 
kids that are watching it, all a kid has to say is, hey, Austin Matthews isn't wearing a mask to the rink, so I don't have to. Okay, well, I hope that uh, that child has kind parents because <laughs> I just, I, I don't know, it just bothers me. It doesn't sit right with me, I guess. But that again, that could just be because I'm a COVID Karen or whatever they're calling people who take this thing seriously. Um, and then in, a, in another paragraph, it was talked about how there was a fence that boxed them in and they compare it to a prison or like a caged animal. And I didn't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I understand like why you would feel like, you know, you, you can't go beyond that fence, but you're living in one of uh, the most beautiful cities in Toronto. And, um, you know, you're, you're not being paid through the playoffs, obviously. But, you know, you're paid millions upon millions of dollars if you, you know. And I don't, I don't know. I guess it's just, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> I don't know. But um, it was just, it just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know what it is. I guess it's just because it's like, you know, some people haven't left their home since March. And then for you to just say, yeah, like I'm sitting in a, like, five-star hotel but there's a fence outside so I feel like I'm in prison like I, I don't know it just doesn't <laughs> I don't like that and then uh once you got into the pattern of playing every other day the amenities were less important another western conference player said but they oversold what was delivered and another thing that was kind of told to the players was that like the NHL was covering things but I guess that players were being handed <laughs> their tabs and um, kind of confu- like at the end of their stay. So like I get the NHL kind of covering like the bare necessities and things, but like you can't take care of your players in full. It just doesn't seem right. <laughs> You're asking them to sacrifice a heck of a lot so you can uh, profit off of a league during a pandemic, so let's not get me started there, but the NHL sold the bubbles to players with what amounted to a vacation packet you'd get from a resort full of pictures and maps. So <laughs> this is a direct quote from the article. Things, The things promised and actually delivered on are hilarious if you look at it, says one Eastern Conference veteran who was a member of the Return to Play slash CBA committee. They gave us a proposal for Toronto, which was this booklet that I circulated among my teammates. I was like, whoa, this is actually going to be nice. They had food trucks, restaurants, shops out in the middle of the street for us to go shopping. When we got there, the guys were like, where are the shops? Where are the outdoor team lounges? Yeah, none of that. So, you know, I mean, the NHL isn't selling a timeshare. This isn't some sort of get-rich-quick scheme. I mean, I guess it technically is, but um, I just, I don't know. I don't like that uh, they over-promised everything. It doesn't seem fair. And then a Western Conference veteran was dazzled by all these restaurants to eat at, all these food trucks, all these excursions. Families were going to be there, but after weeks in the bubble, it just felt 
To a lot of players, they made promises to get us there and didn't really want to follow through with them and made it hard, especially when they could do these things. Um, it's just annoying. That's what it is. And I guess that there was an issue with transparency regarding, you know, families coming because the Canadian border is closed. So for Americans, you know, you can't get over the border really. Um, <laughs> and one player who I think they said, um, I didn't copy it verbatim, but he doesn't make millions of dollars. He makes under a million and he couldn't afford to fly his uh, wife or girlfriend um, uh, privately. So that was an issue. And because it cuts back on the uh, quarantine restrictions and things like that. And their players were told that, you know, there were limited rooms available when it came to families coming. And that's a problem. I... I don't understand how you can, you know, say like, oh, yeah, your families are going to be able to be here for the conference finals and finals or just the finals. And then by the time it rolls around, like no one, no one can actually be there. And players thought that it could have been modeled slightly like the NBA bubble in regards to having a school for their children and things like that. I don't know. I guess... Like, they've obviously done a fantastic job with keeping the virus out of the bubble, but it just kind of hurts my heart knowing that, you know, these players sacrificed so much and, you know, they they fought and fought with the intentions of obviously winning, but with the hopes of seeing their family, and now that can't happen. But uh, it would it really be a locked on flames show if I didn't deliver some sort of negativity? But um, yes, coming up this week, we talk about uh, the finals and more flames news. Uh, buyouts open on Friday, so who could possibly be out and are up and out and things like that? You can follow me on Twitter at Jessica Belmosto. Please be sure to subscribe to this this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of locked on flames as soon as it's available each day be sure to subscribe and listen to locked on stars with josh clark and kenneth nash for full analysis on dallas being in the stanley cup finals and i will chat with y'all tomorrow Bye bye